This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. This year, beer, liquor, and other beverage news the week of June 13th, 2020. CBA is selling Kona's stuff in Hawaii. But you can buy it for one low, low cost of $16 million. TTB says vodka isn't neutral anymore, so flavor it up. And you can get drunk at Cracker Barrel, biscuits and gravy, and beer. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get into the news. CBA is to divest its Kona Brewing, divest of Kona Brewing's Hawaii operations in an effort to clear regulatory hurdles for the AB merger. Is it really a merger? It's more of a give us all of your money. Like, take this small pittance of money that we lowballed you for. That we forced your uh, your price down to. Mm. And then get eaten up by us. You will not retain autonomy. <laughs> anyway, the Craft Brewers Alliance announced today plans uh, to divest of its Kona Brewing operation in Hawaii in effort to gain regulatory approval for the planned merger. Uh, contingent on CBA's combination with AB's closing later this year, Kona operation in Hawaii, including its brew pubs uh, in Kalaui Kona and Honolulu, uh, as well as its under construction 30,000 square, uh, square foot, 100,000 barrel brewery, would be sold to PV Brewing Partners, a partnership between former AB President Dave Peacock and Oakland Park, uh, Kansas based family office Vant Edge Partners. Sure. Yeah. Uh, name is Peacock. That's really unfortunate. I mean, you would think that he would have been working in uh, uh, NBC. Yeah. Yep. Well, the rights to Kona uh, brand and the other forty-nine states and international markets would go to AB and the CBA deal. So, one people, one group of people would have the distribution rights in Hawaii. Everywhere else in the country. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because who wants the distro rights just for Hawaii? Hawaiians. <laughs> well, uh, the oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, the world's largest beer manufacturer would manage uh, the Kona brand, its brewing, production, innovation, and distribution outside of Hawaii, where the it, money is. Yeah. Because yeah. they're saying, "Hey, you know what costs a ton to have all the beer shipped over there." You know, we don't want to have to pay anymore to have all the beer shipped over there. You know what we haven't been doing in a long time? Shipping all of the beer over here. <laughs> uh. Like, I'm sure they, they they produce a lot for that area, but they also, like, they got in some trouble recently because people were like, hey, this stuff's not brewed in Hawaii. Well, no, but. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, we, you want that. fresh beer. Take your choice. The main brewery only does uh, kegs for the island. That's like they do nothing in bottles, and then none of their kegs get shipped to mainland. So it's this weird, weird middle. Yeah, it's always been a very, I don't know, 
slightly confusing situation with them. Well, the the under construction large brewery that they're building as well it seems like a weird thing. Like, well, we're bought. We don't want that, so someone else will take it and finish up. And yeah, hey, who wants a a pet project to <laughs> dump tons of money into? Because we started this thing, but we're definitely not finishing it. Yeah. Well, according to uh, CBA, we are committed to working with regulators and facilitating the success successful review and close of our expanded partnership with AB. Expanded partnership. Uh, that deserves to be in its own separate quote. <laughs> uh, Andy Thomas, CEO of CBA, said in the press release, he continued saying, we are delighted to have found a strong buyer that will continue to nurture the spirit of the Kona brand in Hawaii and offer its employees who remain part of Kona's Hawaii operations further opportunities for growth and development. Hmm. Basically, hey, we didn't fire everyone in the plant. Good news. Yeah. The other guys will do that. Uh, Whoever takes over. It's their job to fire everyone and close this place. Well, Marcelo Mika Michaels, president of AB's Brewer Collective, Brewers Collective, added uh, in the release, well, our shared vision for the expanded partnership between CBA and AB did include CBA's Hawaiian operations. We are still optimistic about the ability of CBA and AB to offer more, consu- uh, more consumers in, a, in more communities, even more choice as a result of expanded partnership. Uh, we are confident that PV Brewing will continue investing and driving economic growth in Kona's communities in Hawaii. Meaning, we wish we could have gotten it. Don't get us wrong. But uh, <laughs> old Uncle Sam. Yeah. And this is all in in hopes that it, they won't be shut down. So there, there's right. no guarantee that it won't be blocked. Because this is just like, a well, where's, where's somewhere we can divest that seems like a goodwill measure? to show that, hey, they're not trying to be a monopoly. I'm trying to think of anywhere that's had real... a financial loss for us to cut. Where where could that be? Hawaii. And just snip it right off. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of somewhere where, like, <laughs> I, I understand. They're, they're so big, they do have to play a dance of, you know, we're not a monopoly. Uh, we're a duopoly. Well, no, we're not even that anymore. We got we bought the we bought the only other game in town. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> so CBA had bought you know had bought them out there in the middle of closing out everything, and Vant Edge, the investment, uh, the firm's investment focus will make uh, the initial equity investment between uh, twenty million and seventy five million, or invest that much as the company grows. Uh, the transaction price is expected to be disclosed in an 8K filing. All right. You can see it in 8K. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. That's that's the level of resolution you get in there in, in these sort of filings. <laughs> and I wonder I wonder how much that stuff is going to cost. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, just a, a, a fraction of a, of a, you know. Billion it's 16 million dollars it's you know that's a fraction of a billion <laughs> no balance not, not a ton yeah um so cba and ab and bev's proactive attempt to remove regulatory roadblocks by reaching an agreement to sell off kona brewing's operations in hawaii 
will come with a $16 million price tag for prospective buyer PV Brewing Partners. Yeah, guys, are we in eight, are we in 8K now? <laughs> Gotta be. I mean, we uh, were already talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they announced, of course, as we just mentioned, um, the membership interest purchase agreement. Uh, so this is the Portland, Oregon headquartered craft brewing company would divest of the Kona brand rights in Hawaii, contingent upon the completion of CBA's merger with AB, which was agreed upon in November of 2019, which seems like it was <laughs> longer so long. back ago than that. But... It was a different world. Yeah, that was that was simultaneously yesterday and 60 years ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was an innocent time. Because time. I remember those days. It was, as I said on the It's a Thing podcast, it's from the before times, um, which that that is expected to close by the end of 2020. So, holy crap. Look, I, I, do, I do not look for anyone to look at AB and Beth and say, oh, well, no, we've we've bordered into monopolies here. We got to stop this. And that They're just going to let them do what they want. Basically, uh, PV Brewing's deal would give it rights to Kona solely in Hawaii and nowhere else in the U.S. or internationally. <laughs> Additional details of the transaction were revealed Thursday morning in filings with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Notably, PV Brewing Partners uh, will pay an initial $5 million in cash upon closing of the AB and CBA deal, and then the remaining $11 million once CBA achieves, quote, certain construction and production milestones mm. related to under construction, 30,000 square foot, 100,000 <laughs> barrel brewing in brewery in Kona. So it's like, okay, okay, look, here's 5 million. We're going to need you to spend almost all of that to build this facility. Finish yeah. the, finish what you started and yeah. then it, we'll give you the rest. Yeah. Finish what we started. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then we will give you the rest. Uh, yeah, uh, so PV Brewing will fund the purchase with a combination of debt and equity financing, according to an 8K filing. And I've got to look that up because that's going to bother me. Uh, oh, you get to read it in 8K. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see what uh, oh, 8K. That's the name of the form is just 8K. Forming. You should be yeah. able to see the cells <laughs> in the paper of the of those documents. Indeed. You can see the little... You can see electron cells. You, it's it's so it's so high def. You can see electrons moving, <laughs> or not moving, uh, or doing whatever electrons do. Uh, upon closing of the Kona Hawaii deal, CBA and PV Brewing will enter into an ancillary agreement, including an intellectual property license agreement for the Kona brand, a brewing and packaging agreement in which CBA and affiliated operations will brew bottle and package certain Kona branded beers for PV brewing on a transitional basis. Which makes sense. Uh, you, you don't have the facilities to do this yet. You're building one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, a distribution agreement in which PV will receive sales, promotion and distribution services in Hawaii via wholly owned AB distributor Anheuser-Busch sales of Hawaii Inc., which oh, is a yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, one day we're really going to have to look at the, the whole distribution system and how mm. insane it is. Three-tier system and you, kind of break it down. You know what needs to happen? You remember um, John Stewart's daily show when he did the two books, the Earth the Book and America the Book? It shows like corporations. Yeah, and... that needs to happen for all of beer. Yeah. <laughs> like that that whole book but explanation. distribution, like 
who owns what and what because and then who, but who distributes it and yeah Anheuser Busch also owns or runs a majority of the distributors in the country, yeah. which is where the big issues with all this guy. It's so getting get yeah. their quick. There needs to be charts. Uh, according to the SEC filings, the closing of Kona deal in Hawaii would occur upon the later of August third, two thousand twenty. My God, the wording, or immediately after, or the following business day after the closing of CBA's merger with AB, or a later date as required by the <laughs> U, uh, uh, Department of Justice, or whenever. You yeah, know. I was like, why is what? Um, meaning, meaning it's going to happen from Aug sometime August third or later. Yeah, but it's just God, or never the legal wording of things. I'm just like, can we not? Um, the Kona deal in Hawaii could also be terminated if the DOJ determines that PV is quote not an acceptable buyer of Kona in Hawaii. Uh, the purchase agreement is not an acceptable manner of divesting of Kona in Hawaii, or a divestiture is not an acceptable remedy in order to obtain regulatory clearance of the merger. So that's interesting. It could just like not happen at all. I don't think. I believe the last one is the actual case that's going on here. But, yeah. I, I'm I would say I'm waiting for one of those options to have been the DOJ saying, Hey, why even bother? Mm. <laughs> we'll just still let you have it. <laughs> be the final bullet. F it. Uh in a report this morning, um, whenever this was written, Cowan and Company Managing Director uh, Vivian Azer wrote that Kona's Hawaii business was viewed as a potential thorn in the DOJ's side due to Kona's market share in Hawaii and AB's distribution brawn. With the regulatory body conducting a second review, the proposed divestment of a, quote, radioactive asset is seen as a proactive move. Azer also noted that the potential divestment of Kona's operations in Hawaii were foreshadowed in previous filings related to the ABCBA merger, notably this line, quote, other than with respect to CBA's Hawaii business, AB is not required to make any divestitures or agree to any other remedies in order to obtain antitrust related clearances. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's uh that's Chekhov's clause right there. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Uh, I guess I guess that probably does tie into the three tier uh, to the distribution system to where basically I'm assuming they run the islands as far yeah. as distribution. So that sucks, uh, though. As we were talking like pre-show and everything, like who's no one's going to be paying? Like because if you're a competitor, you're going to use the what's already in place and who's already running the ships over there, right? And uh, guess who's doing that? AB. Guess who probably doesn't want to bring a whole lot of your stuff over, AB. Yeah. Oh, well. The, uh, you know, I think maybe instead of dealing with all this Hawaiian mess, let's let's have a drink. Let's... Yeah, I think we need to sit back and have a nice, clear, flavorless, water-like substance that after enough of it gets you drunk. No, I'm not talking about Bud Light. I'm talking about vodka. Wait, vodka. wait. Flavorless? Whoa. Vodka has long been the punchline in craft cocktail world since the first clear ice cube was introduced to a cut glass Japanese mixing vessel. Uh, much, yeah. much of the derision has stemmed from a clause buried in federal regulations. The, a lot of federal talk today. Those who oversee spirits decreed some years ago that vodka must be without distinctive character, aroma, taste, or color. 
this is this has been the way when it comes to vodka since the beginning. Like that's it's supposed to be as filtered and pure. It's supposed to be so pure that you don't taste it. Picturing is, Mandalorians distilling vodka, going, "This is the way." Which put vodka lovers in the difficult position of defending the statement. I enjoy the taste of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I just assumed they were nihilists. <laughs> well, they are nihilists, Lebowski. We drink nothing. Well, good news for the legions of vodka fans. And vodka is still the most popular spirit in the United States, accounting for nearly one out of every three bottles of liquor sold Jeez. after a multi-year process of revisiting a wide array of cumbersome and outdated regulations governing the production and marketing of spirits, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the TTB, announced a series of changes, all of which went into effect on May 4th. Oh, nice. So the, uh, the fourth was with someone, and that was vodka. Uh, I do, like, it was like, vodka is still the most popular spirit. Well, yeah, because if you're going to make, if you're going to make cocktails and you don't, you want to get drunk, but you don't want to taste alcohol. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. Vodka is the sole purpose of vodka is like, I don't really feel like, I don't know what I want, but I can certainly mix this with just about anything and get the a desired effect. Yep. Yeah. I think we were talking about that. Like, oh, what's, you, you know, gin doesn't really substitute in for vodka sure. and a lot of things. Oh, I'm going to make me a Cosmo. Let's put a little bit of juniper pine salt in there. <laughs> yep. For vodka, the TTV decided that the without distinctive character, aroma, taste, or color clause no longer reflects consumer expectations, especially given that there are subtle differences between brands in terms of flavor and odor. None of them are actually truly neutral. And so this requirement was sent out to pasture. Vodka's <laughs> flavor profile and aroma will henceforth be largely determined by how it's produced. For instance, distilled at at least 95% pure alcohol, a much higher proof uh, than whiskey, rum, or other spirits. Hmm. The change occurred with little fanfare or notice. Perhaps <laughs> it was because uh, people... We're distracted in April. I mean, some, anybody? Uh, some stuff may have been going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> do I remember reading something about a virus, possibly? <laughs> or because it's the sort of bureaucratic rejiggering that happens from time to time, like the expunging of archaic criminal laws that prevent one from keeping oxen in one's bedroom. <laughs> Wait, you mean I can do that now? <laughs> No, we're in Kentucky where it's still uh, against the law to carry an ice cream cone in your back. Back at on a Sunday or something like that. Yeah. You, or or you, you can't carry it in your back pocket while eating a Sunday on a Monday. <laughs> well, no, you just can't have you you literally can't have an ice cream cone in your back pocket because horse thieves would do that to lure horses away. Right. Because the horse would just follow you wanting that, that sugary cone. Uh so generally the consumer is not going to say, wow. My whole perception of vodka changed overnight, I mean, says Matthew Barris, uh, co-founder of the Altitude Spirits in Colorado. But the change does bring federal laws more in alignment with the practices of distillers, especially craft distillers in recent years. Our goal is to make something that tastes great, not something that tastes like nothing. Hmm. The earlier wording tended to throw off, throw the public off because the word distinctive says Stephen Heilman at Charleston Distilling Company in South Carolina. We've had many people come through our tasting room saying that vodka is not supposed to have a taste. I mean, yeah, that and 
for all the jokes we've been making, there is some degree of taste to it. It's not it's not super noticeable, and it certainly isn't when it's cold, but mm. yeah, so as they bring up, they tried twenty nine yeast strains and hundred and twenty different mash bills and learned that even a small amount of oats would lend their vodka a subtle creamy flavor that survived even the high-proof distillation hmm. on their efficient 18-plate column still. It gives it a bit of a brulee nose and carries a lot of flavor. Huh. I'm I'm just picturing... Uh, what's his name? Oats from Holland Oats. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just, just like putting a little bit of him in there. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Where are we going with this? <laughs> oh, Marsh says that others in the craft stealing world have also been quietly chasing after flavor and vodka since the get go. It's not anything new. And I don't know if uh, the revised TTB definition changes anything, he says, but it validates it. Yeah. It just means that now you can sell your bacon vodka. Yeah, and they bring up a very good point. At spirits uh, competitions, judges have often debated how they should judge vodka because it's distinctive or because it's clean and pure. Mm. Uh, the change in definition may help clarify those questions. Well, so, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we have that problem sometimes tasting stuff where it's like, this is how it's supposed to be. I just but... don't like how it is. Just, the Bloody Mary beer, for example. That's <laughs> delicious, and you all need to uh, elevate your palates. I don't know no. what's wrong with you. Um, the Bloody Mary beer. That so no to to cut in and shoehorn another story in real quick. Uh, we're looking teasing the idea of doing a flying dog story. Their uh, brewery and tap room is closed and will remain closed for at least another year, and that breaks my heart. Mm. I mean, when 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 were you going to get down to their tap room? I'm not going to Delaware anytime soon, but I love their beer. I know. Yeah. That's oh, I was out getting beers for uh, this week and saw they still had the brunch packs out on mm. the shelves. And I was just like, mm. worth it. <laughs> Is it at this point? I mean, I bet those packs have probably been sitting there a bit. Eh, maybe I'm, I'm willing to, those were so good. That was like what, two months ago. Weren't there like, were there two stouts in it or a stout and a porter? So like, it was probably hardy enough to survive, but I, yeah. I remember there probably being something where it's like, oh, this is probably getting past its. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way. So, yeah, vodka uh, now can taste like things. It's not supposed <laughs> to be water. So it's got it's got a leg up on uh, Bud Light. Indeed. <laughs> well, you know. You know what else is a little leg up on Bud, uh, Bud Light? <laughs> Cracker Barrel. <laughs> never, never a sentence you expect to hear. <laughs> Can't be a high leg. It's not. It's not very high, but at least they have gravy and biscuits, biscuits and gravy. Mm. All, all variations of that. Uh, no, apparently, Cracker Barrel uh, will be re. They'll be reopening, and some of them will have wine and beer programs. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Any mention of uh, pulling this from Vine Pair, by the way, any mention of Cracker Barrel's old country store evokes thoughts of a row of rocking chairs and the sit down checkerboard areas and classic comfort food. Now the Southern sit down chain is adding a new dimension to its identity with uh, with a brand new offering alcohol. 
So in my head, the best to theme way they could do this is a partnership with Old Smoky. And it's just moonshine. So in the back, in the back of the restaurant, someone has to dress up in like that popcorn Sutton attire, just like that old hillbilly bootlegger outfit in the back, and have just there's like a still set up in the back of the gift shop, and he's Mm -hmm. back there like slapping his knee and playing a banjo, blowing into a jug. Yep. As he's uh making moonshine, he's a one man bluegrass band. Be brought to you by Old Smokey. Emblazoned on the barrel of which you can get pores. <laughs> Blazoned on the barrel that this moonshine will never see. <laughs> that he's keeping it in. Mm-hmm. As the as CEO Sandra Cochran recently told Restaurant Business, Crackle Barrel is gradually adding booze to its menus across the country. Although the initiative began prior to coronavirus crisis, closure relating to the pandemic quickly halted any expansion of the program until recently. Uh, with some locations slowly reopening, Crackle Barrel is now serving wine, beer, hard cider, and mimosas at 20 Florida locations. So, all right, I'm down. I've always loved Cracker Barrel. If I can get a mimosa with my, I don't even know what they call the breakfast platters anymore. But I'm just picturing them putting the drink menu in the triangle puzzle thing. <laughs> like it, they, they have that little stand that's just going to stand like right up in, in amongst the golf tees. Yeah, I, they have more, I, I, I just associate them so much with like gravy. Yeah. Mm. Can we, can we get alcoholic gravy? Uh, no, I don't think we want that. I don't, you're too busy asking if we could, Chris, you're not busy asking if we should. I know I can get alcoholic syrup like that. Just, they need to. That makes sense. Well, not really because all the sugar would go away, but. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, according to Cochrane, Cracker Barrel is including alcohol on menus and simplifying food offerings to help adapt and recover from the financial setbacks of COVID-19. Uh, for the restaurant that's never sold alcohol, this comes as a pleasant surprise and promises a future filled with cornbread, biscuits, and beer. <laughs> Truly, hmm. it'll be a paradise. I mean, that's an interesting... Uh, that sounds like a book title as well. Cornbread, biscuits, and beer. Is it is it a, a book title or is it a... Uh, what's his name? Nathaniel Ratliff in the Night Sweats <laughs> album. I, I was gonna say that's uh, it feels yeah. like that's 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 the uh, that's my autobiography title, <laughs> or a Rev Payton song. There's so many options here. <sighs> well, you know what else there are a lot of options of? Hard, Hard freaking seltzers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's let's check in. With our uh, Aldi correspondent, correspondent Brittany Walker. <laughs> yes, uh, this week in Aldi, we haven't had this in a in a minute. I don't think um, Aldi's been playing it safe. They couldn't do any crazy ass, yeah, liquor related things. Um, but of course, they had to get it on the game. So, <clears throat> international supermarket chain Aldi has announced the launch of its first hard seltzer range called Nordic Wolf. Why are all hard seltzers? The same cans, the same color. Because the first know. cans set the, like, that white can thing, that they just set, it popped, and it set, and it sells, and that's what people identify now. Okay. They have to see that, Although the, the skinny, I don't know what the actual term for that style of can is, because like, yeah. Red Bull was the first, they were the first ones to use it. Mm-hmm. Well, it truly was, has, like, a black can for something. I don't remember 
Like if that's all of them or, or that's what? They're black tar heroin. Ah, right. Um, see, the RTD canned beverages come in four flavors, including lemon, strawberry, and lime, which sounds really good to me, cranberry and cherry, mm. and then raspberry and black currant. Okay. Hmm. Like, doing- these flavors are at least of a different, you know, uh, range, I guess, than typical, except for the lemon. I'm gonna say, except lemon. Yeah. Um, containing just 97 calories per can, the drinks are made using a mixture of sparkling water, a gluten-free alcohol base, and a hint of natural fr- fruit flavorings. Uh, managing director of buying at Aldi UK said it's the drink on everyone's lips at the moment. And we wouldn't, we couldn't be more thrilled to d- introduce our very own hard seltzer range to UK drinkers. Ah, selling them, Yeah. Selling them in the UK though. And all I can think of is like, wait, 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 you're selling something called Nordic to, mm. to, to the UK. I mean, I mean, really, uh, and Vikings yeah. are coming down. <laughs> Uh, with the rise of more health-conscious consumers, we wanted to make sure we are catering for this market, and Nordic Wolf does just that without compromising on price. Offering a naturally-flavored, lower-calorie alternative, we expect this brand-new launch to be a hit, especially at, as the summer heats up. Um, I do have to say, and I've said this like four times now since we've gone over this stuff, but like, I really like the branding on these cans. I hate the imagery. Really? I love it. The logo's terrible. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm ambivalent towards it, so I guess we've got all, all parts of the spectrum here. Yep. Indeed. The, the tree line on the bottom, I'm fine with that, but the like... I like polygon, the wolf thing. The yeah. polygon wolf head, I hate it. Oh. I hate it so much. We're not in the early 90s. It looks, it looks like it belongs in like a, like a Destiny 2 thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. but yeah, all these getting on. I, like, there's just so many, and I saw a thing about like Coors and uh, doing, and then AB InBev is doing yet another brand for seltzer water. Like, it, seltzer water's uh, still just going. <laughs> well, speaking of going, would you like to go on a hike? <laughs> Strap your boots on, kiddos. Devil's Backbone Brewing Company is seeking to hire a chief hiking officer. Yeah, that will hike the Appalachian Trail, drink beer, and get paid. It's my retirement plan. (laughs) (laughs) Retirement plan is to work for uh, AB InBev. No, just to Mm. drink and hike the. Look, Bob, that's like a weird. (laughs) Trying to think about that part. (laughs) So the chief hiking officer will receive uh, the necessary gear, be flown to the trailhead, and host beer events off the trail while hiking. 2180 miles from Georgia to Maine, and that person will receive a twenty thousand dollars stipend. Oh, according to the Devil's Backbone website, the brewing company is nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains, just a few miles away from the Appalachian Trail, so we can uh, get our fill of fresh air anytime. But folks always tell us that they wish they had the time to trek the AT from Georgia to Maine, so why couldn't we sponsor one lucky hiker? and help them check, conquer the AT off their bucket list. Devil's Backbone Brewing is owned by Anheuser-Busch and is located in Virginia. So all I'm thinking of, though, is like, like, oh, so who's ready to go hike that trail? Like, it just sounds smelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, applications are being accepted until July 31st. The five to seven month hike starts at, uh, you've only got a certain window. Yeah. Like that, uh, they say starts July. I think that's incredibly late if you're starting south to be uh, hiking north because, yeah, uh, well, applications are due July 31st for the five to seven month hike that starts in March. Okay. So yeah. Next March, yeah. Next March, 2021. Yeah, because it's going to take a while to get ready. Yeah. Uh, residents from Washington, D.C., Delaware, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, North Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia, who are at least 21 years old, are eligible to apply. Applications must be sub- uh, Applicants must submit a one-minute video explaining why they think they are the best person to be the chief hiking officer and talking about their hiking and wilderness experience. And I want to see those videos like it's bad real world audition tapes. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I've been watching a little Parks and Rec, and it's uh, Andy Dwyer's uh, uh, real world application where it should be for Survivor, and he like guts a fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I that I would love to be doing this not for ABM Bev, but would I take twenty thousand dollars of their money? Yeah, yeah, I'd take twenty thousand dollars of money. So but, you're no different than the brewers who've sold. Yeah, mine, because this is just, it, I'm not giving them anything but a brief portion of my time to do okay. something I love. I uh, know, I'm oh, just. No, that, no, that just tracks more. Yeah, no, you're. I'm, I'm a corporate <laughs> shill and a whore. Like you I've, just defined what the, yeah, no, <laughs> what the other brewers are doing. I yeah. love to do this thing. You'll pay me a lot to do it for an extremely short amount of time and to do something. Well, no, no, okay, I've. <laughs> No, that checks out. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm just saying, Chris, you should submit a video. They'd look at your beard and go, All right, he's in. Yeah, this guy's it. I would not hike the Appalachian Trail with my beard. Uh, that's the first thing you have to do is you have to sh- you have to get rid of most of your body hair. People who successfully hike <laughs> it, the men men wise, uh, you have to shave basically you need to shave your head and oh, do shave you? your face. <laughs> you gotta keep it down as you're going so you can keep ticks off of you mm. yeah uh, you got to watch the lyme disease i was gonna say like i i am shockingly uh unworried about being noticed for it's like oh is it it's a tick got him we can't see in his oh never mind <laughs> gotta watch that beard mm. I, my, my beard is pale and short it, it's uh <sighs> that was the awkward thing for my internship in california this is like a household of guys who is like watching a bunch of primates on some oh. kind of documentary because at the end of the day we're all back home like everyone's got to check everyone else for ticks so <laughs> a bunch of guys like hunched over picnic tables checking each other looking for ticks <sighs> you expect jane goodall to step out of the bushes at any moment you spoke only in sign language to one another <laughs> confusing you know primate things but <laughs> Uh, on that note. Yes. We'd like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show. But we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear, you can support Have a Drink by uh, going to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow or haveadrinkstore.com. Uh, we'll see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Simon Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>